Our churches are not teaching Christian worldview, and our teenagers and families are not prepared for the challenges ahead. Welcome to the Pastor's Voice. I am Rule Sample, and I am talking to pastors and church leaders about the current issues of the day that are impacting their ministries and the people they serve. Today, I continue my discussion with Nancy Fitzgerald, founder and executive director of Anchors Away Ministry. She shares her utter frustration with the lack of worldview focus in our churches and in our families. The result is teenagers who are mowed over by the complex challenges of today. One of the most powerful images when I was growing up was the the image of a young uh, boy standing in front of a tank at Tiananmen Square. And that's basically what we're doing with our kids. We're sending them off to be mowed over by the tanks of the world. They're completely unprepared, completely unready for what's going to face them. And you know what? They can't defend their faith because they don't know what their faith is. Once we teach them the foundations of the faith, the confidence swells up in them. You can almost see them. They get it. They're whole. They're men and women that not only want to get their own lives straight, but they want to be used by God to make a difference in this world. And that's the difference that worldview training can give them. Right now, rare is it what 2% can tell you why they believe what they believe, and only 6% are living it out. This is ridiculous. But Nancy, and, Nancy, these people go to church. They're part of youth groups. They're, they're yeah. part. Why, <laughs> why, the, why the need for worldview teaching from, from, from a, a golf pro? Why, why, aren't, why aren't they getting worldview in church? Because the pastors don't know it. They haven't been taught it. They haven't read about it. They haven't learned about it. I'm just being dead honest. They're not teaching this in seminaries, as you alluded to earlier. I mean, they aren't. I have uh, one of the gals that has worked with me for a long time now. Uh, She is off getting her MDiv out east. She's graded down because she believes that the Bible is the word of God. She refuses to acknowledge that Genesis is nothing but a fairy tale. And they're grading her down. And let me tell you, this is happening all over the place. They are not teaching this stuff in seminary. You can attest to this world. They just simply are not teaching apologetics and how do we live that out and how do we defend our faith? It just blows me away and it keeps me getting up every morning working hard to try to reach as many people as we can before these kids walk away from their faith but the churches the pastors for the most part yeah frankly they don't care they don't care what happens as long as those pews are filled and the coffers are filled uh so to speak you know uh if they're big and they're rich they They lose interest, I'm telling you. And it is, where is the heartbeat for the younger generation to not just be able to survive uh, in the workplace or college or wherever they go, but to thrive? Now, the the, the kids who do go through your ministry, though, because I, I know you, you keep stats on everything and you follow up on everything. The kids that go through your your ministry and, and and it's a ministry to older teens and 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 young college students is that correct that's correct how do these these kids who it's 
it really is a graduate level course in worldview once you get done with it all. Yeah. How do they fare? Well, you know, it's funny. I I um, never talk to my kids as baby. I'm, I'm a horrible baby talk person. I just talk to them straight up. Men if they were born. Okay, what do you need here? You know, um, but I, so I don't talk down to them. I talk up to them. I don't care how old they are. I talk up to them. I honor them and I respect them. And that is the key for a lot of this stuff. Um, what happens with these, these young people is that they didn't realize there was something other than just a superficial faith. And so when we, when we look at this, this ministry and, and try to figure out what on earth we're doing with these kids, we have to start from ground zero now. And we have to start unlearning uh, what they have packed in from the culture and let them understand that this is life changing. And I am only here to say that students that I talk to, and I'm sure there are several that have been burned and they have burned out or somebody has misled them and they've walked away from their faith. But from the ones that we hang on to and we follow, it was life-changing for them because it became their own. It wasn't my faith. And I don't teach them. We don't teach them what they have to believe. We just show them the reason for the hope that you can have in the Christian faith. And the, the, the stats that go with that, um, a lot of Josh McDowell's work that he did early on, you know, we use in that regard. We talk about probabilities. And, and when you consider, in one of our classes is the, the, how do we know the Bible is true? And we teach it through uh, uh, half of that. It's through the idea of prophecies, 2,000 prophecies in this Bible, 48 standalone prophecies on the Messiah himself. And every single one of them are fulfilled. There is no religious book close to this. It could not have happened but for God. It is humanly impossible that one man could have fulfilled it. I think the number is 10 to the 157th power, which doesn't mean anything to many of us except 10 to the 50th power is beyond what the human mind can even contemplate. So all of a sudden, those, those numbers seem to jump out at us. God put an exclamation point in that scripture saying, this is my son. He is the Messiah. He comes from, <laughs> from the beginning of time beyond. He is eternal. He is my son. I've chosen him to die for the sins of all mankind. And it is so powerful. And these kids drink this up and their lives change. Uh, it's anybody's life would change when they realize this is true. The Bible is true. Jesus is who he said he is. And if that's the case, and there's heaven awaiting for those that believe that his son died and rose again, I am all in. And these kids get all in, not because they're forced to, but because they want to. They want the truth. And it's so interesting with all the horrible statistics out on kids. 
It's interesting that 65% want a close relationship with God, 49% want to make a difference in the world, and 75% want to be mentored. They want to learn. They want help. And I think our question that I would ask today, Rural, is who is going to pick up the banner and lead these kids into a solid foundation of faith? And right now, there are not many hands in the air. What we we've talked about the need for worldview for our for our kids. We've talked about the the, the spiritual challenges. What are our kids going through right now? What are they facing? You know, well, first of all, they're facing parents that uh, the statistics of their parents, what their parents know about their faith, is frightfully awful. I mean, uh, just half or a little over half. Uh, don't believe and uh, believe a good person can earn their way, you know, to heaven. Uh, almost half of them believe Jesus Christ committed sins. Over half of them deny the existence of the Holy Spirit. Over half of them don't believe that Satan is for real. Uh, you, you know, so my point being, where are these kids going to get it? They are not getting it in church. They're not getting it typically through the youth pastor. Let me just say quickly, you know, there are some great churches and wonderful youth pastors who are doing amazing things. Let me tell you that. And I've met many of those people. But by and large, if you look at the statistics, it is horrific. What could be doing, we could be doing and are not. But these kids, they want to know who they are. They do not know who they are in the eyes of God. And that's the thing. Part of the problem with social media is they're creating their own reality as to who they are. They're being bullied. Many of them are being bullied. Lots of suicides coming from that. Why? Because their identity comes from what people are saying on social media about them. And so... The, the challenge for us is huge. They're very, very, very confused about their gender, these, this, this generation. They, they don't understand who they are. Uh, they don't know what it means to be female. They don't know what it means to be male. Where are the male leaders, uh, Christian leaders? Uh, but their influencers, the greatest influencers, you know, are from, from Hollywood. They continue to be from social media, and they will follow them to their own death. When we're looking at when we're looking at a national average of fifty percent of kids don't know who their parents are in the in the minority communities, it's it's even seventy percent. No wonder they they have no role models. They have no, especially in in terms of boys and even girls. They don't they don't know have any strong male role model because it's not there anymore. No, it just simply isn't. And I think for us, uh, what we do, we teach teachers how to really engage with the younger generation, and now we're teaching adults trying to pick up the gap for them to teach them through our unanswered smoke mirrors and God series. That's really written for adults. But uh, I don't, I, I really, we cannot necessarily fix what's present now in the cultures, but I will tell you, we can make a huge difference in the lives of kids uh, growing up. 
and teaching them, this is what God has called you to do. This is what God's called you to be as a father. That your responsibility is to love them and, and to show them Jesus in all of life. So they get it. And I can say, honestly, I keep in touch with some of these kids. Now they have kids. And I talk about being old. It's just like, oh, my goodness. Um, uh, but they're the majority of them still have their books with them that we give them when they study this stuff. Still take notes. Still talk about it. Um, many of them have gone through now with their kids uh, what they were taught. So. Um, they are hungry. I don't care what they say. They are hungry. They will learn if somebody takes the time to teach truth to them. And this is where it becomes a hard thing today because everybody is so busy. Uh, and then they wonder why their kids wander off, never go to church, abandon their faith. And in the end, I ask myself, you know, um, what's more important? me doing X, Y, and Z, or me taking one day out a week to meet with kids, to counsel them, to encourage them, to teach them who God is, why they can depend on the scriptures and how to talk to people who are different, who think differently, how to, how to forgive, how to love your enemy, what all that is about. That's what worldview is. That's what we're teaching young people. For some reason, rule it, it resonates with them. It resonates with them. If, if this resonates so well, why do you think the church is so hesitant or even resistant to teaching worldview, not only to our kids, but to the average parishioner? Well, I, I think from what I, the experience I've had in trying to work with churches, I just I just left uh, one project. Uh, I just can't do it anymore. It was a sad commentary, and this is happening all over the country, is that people want to come in and work with teens, and their jealousy comes from the top down on these churches from the pastor because they feel they're losing control because they aren't being hailed as chief, and, and they will not entertain any program, but what they don't have a piece of the action. And it is killing churches. It is literally killing them. Um, this one I just uh, had to step away from the, we, we had trained, I don't know, 50 or 60 people within this church, starting to teach the staff. The pastor got jealous, stopped the staff training, and relegated the campus pastor back to just essentially just doing the menial things in his church and no longer leading the effort to have a church become a worldview church. He was so jealous uh, that people were loving it. And this is the case. And Rural, I'm anxious to know what you have to say about this as well. But the jealousy and the lack of training of pastors in biblical worldview themselves leaves them no choice. They can't teach what they don't know. We have given books. We have given uh, links to our videos, uh, all 21 of them. So pastors have no excuse not to learn this stuff, but they don't want to learn it. 
they don't want to learn it. It's not touchy and feely enough for them. They aren't getting enough credit through this or whatever. It, it, it is tough for pastors to allow an outsider or uh, for people within their church to be trained in, in something that they they have no complete control over it. Pastors are human too, but if pastors were to take a moment to look at what you offer and what the benefits of a Christian worldview are, it's a no-brainer. It's, it really is a no-brainer. Uh, I've taught Sunday school classes where we, we talk about ethics and we talk about the, the issues of the day, and we ask the question, how do we as Christians deal with this? Mm-hmm. It is a game changer at that moment because you know they're all about talking politics. They're all about talking uh, how this president would handle this and how that president would handle this. Let's throw all that out the window. How do we as Christians handle this? And because there's no worldview background in their tra- in, in their training in their lives, they don't know how to apply those scriptures. You know, you're you're right on, Rule. I mean, right on. They don't know how to do it. They don't. What is Christian? I mean, these are some of the starting points. What does it mean to be Christian? What is the Christian worldview? How does it differ from other worldviews? And this whole idea of Parents, again, please ask your kids, um, uh, when did you make your faith your own? Nobody's asking those questions, but that's the problem. And if if we assume anything role anymore, we can't. Uh, I don't assume anything when we start our classes. Uh, you start with nothing and you just tell them that you're a normal person and you just love them and you want to work through the, and make sure there are questions about life and God and anything else gets answered, and that there's no confusion about what it means to be a Christian. That's all. I mean, it's not that hard. Next week, Nancy and I continue our discussion, including sharing a story about how a successful Christian school incorporated worldview training throughout its curriculum. If you have any questions about our podcast, would like to be a guest, or would like to become a sponsor, please email us at podcasts at thepastorsvoice.net. Please also consider supporting this ministry by using the support the show link. I am Rule Sample. Thank you for listening.